Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. We're going to have a great time tonight. Tell the person next to you, I'm expecting. Amen. Get your notebooks out and your Bibles. We're going to have a great... We're going to have a great word tonight, amen. Pastor Mike wants to be down with y'all. I don't know why, but he does, amen. So I'll just stay down here too. We're, we're going to have a great word, amen. This is a, a great family. We, I think for three years now, at least, we've been having them come, and we met them through, uh, I think the very first time I ever heard about Pastor Mike was either at the home church or through Pastor Bland. I can't remember what she'd been to both, but... We hooked up, and ever since we met, we've just had a great relationship. We love spending time with Pastor Mike and Dee, his beautiful wife, and they were just sharing before the service that they thought they were going to slow down and retire. Just remember that don't ever make plans with God, your own plans, because he's going to come mess them up, and he's, he, they're more busy now than they've ever been, and um, he's going to be doing some singing. I don't want to take too much away from him, but I want to give him time to preach the word. He's going to be singing. Uh, we didn't get things quite ready tonight for him to sing, but he'll sing tomorrow night, and he'll sing Sunday, he'll sing some specials. Uh, he is a country gospel singer who's renowned and has won lots of awards. It was 2020 or what year, 2019 when you were the singer of the year? Just last year. Favorite voc- male, vo- male vocalist of the year, amen? So he's a great singer, Amen. And he's, gonna, he's got great songs, and he's very patriotic. We love his patriotic. He's got some powerful p- patriotic songs. But he's he, bef- more than the singer, he's a preacher. And so tonight he's just going to preach. Y'all ready for him to preach? Amen. He's going to speak to us. He's going to challenge us. I came to the prayer room and said, Lord, pr- challenge me. Challenge me personally. I'm ready to be challenged. I got my notes ready, and I want to hear from the Lord. So let's make sure... We're listening, paying attention, and uh, hear from God. It's always awesome to have somebody come from the outside and, and preach to us and, and, and he, let us hear something that's from a different city. For, he, doesn't know, he doesn't know us, although he's getting to know us, and I just know something great's going to happen. These altars are going to be filled tonight. Let's let Pastor Mike Leitner, amen, come tonight with a welcome from Victory World Outreach, Texas. Let him know you love him, amen, as he comes. Oh, thank you very much. Bless your heart. I, I could kind of say this is good to be home. Uh, we consider this church, you know, people, like, we do a lot of stuff in Texas all over different places, and, and they say, well, where's your, where is your, uh, uh, the main place you like to go? And I said, I like to go to the World Harvest Outreach right there on I-35. They're a bunch of radical people. Hey, man, they love to have revival. And they even like country gospel. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I want to introduce my wife. Dee, would you come up here, darling? This is my better half. Won't you welcome her tonight? I want her to greet you just a moment. It's such a privilege to be here. I am grateful. I am thankful that God is moving in the land. Hey, we had great victory for Christians today, did we not? We are walking in victory, and this is a victory place. And I understand that the teenagers were in in camp and they're back. You guys ought to be here with fire in your soul. You've been in camp and you brought the glory, didn't you? (laughs) I believe that. I'm thankful. Oh, how I love the Lord. And we greet you from our home church. And and I just want to tell you something real quickly, how God is moving. Now, we were uh, just a month ago, we were in 29 services out of 31 days. People want God. They want God. We want God, don't we? We want him to have his way and do what he said he'd do. We believe his word tonight to do what he said. And I believe his word more than anything in this world. Anything I hear, anything I see, it's his word above it all. And I, oh, let me tell you about a a lady in our church Wednesday night. Wednesday night we were in our home church and my husband was preaching there. And a storm came through. And it was one of those storms that brought 
golf ball size hail and winds that knocked down trees and it knocked down the power lines and and it brought destruction now it didn't touch us and let me tell you about the lady where she her name is starla and sister starla has been in the church for a long time she has four beautiful daughters that are all grown and have their own kids but they inherited something it was some farmland and they plant the farmland with soybeans and with corn and with wheat they'd already harvested the wheat but she said if that hail and those winds touch that soy and touch that corn it's going to destroy my girl's inheritance and so she began to speak against the storm in the name of jesus and she said, as I, as I spoke against the storm, I reminded the Lord of what I'd done. I said, God, I sow seed every month for the inheritance of my girls, that they would receive what, what they are supposed to receive. And so, Lord, your word is true, and you told us if we would agree on anything or we'd touch on anything or we'd believe on anything, we could have what we believed. And she said, I've sown the seed, and I'm believing the word, and I'm standing on the word. Well, you know that storm lifted up, and it went around, and it did not touch a single one of her harvest fields. That's God. That's God. <laughs> and I heard today, my son texted me, and he, uh, he, d he likes to, he's the pastor of the church and mighty man of God, but he also likes to buy old trucks, and then he fixes them up, and then he sells them again. And he, has, he had a shipper, and the shipper's wife found out that she had cancer, and she's had a, a terrible struggle with cancer. And we have been praying for her. I have been texting her scriptures and believing, and she is serving the Lord now. And they said that things were really, really bad this last week. We needed to pray because she now had a blood clot that they said was going to take her life. But we prayed and we asked the Lord to show himself strong on her behalf. I'm telling you about God who is the, he is the mighty God, the great God, the counselor. He's the prince of peace. He is Jehovah. He is Nisi. He is our provider. He is all things to us. And we said, God, on her behalf, we stand and we believe you to do something for her. And I got word today, they said that seven doctors stood in her room and said, we can't explain it, but there is no blood clot. And you are doing fine. And they said, what would be your request? And she said, I just want to make it to 70. And they said, 70? You're going to make it way far beyond that. God is a mighty healer. God is everything. And I want you to know that tonight. We're here in his name. We're here with him. We're here believing him to do whatever needs to be done in each one of our lives. Right? Amen. Here. I have been in church all of my life. You, I may have said this before, but I got my first piece of chewing gum off the bottom of the pew. Uh, I was a deacon's kid. I was the pastor's grandson. And uh, I was with other deacon's kids. And, that, of course, that, that spells trouble. Uh, but but I, I heard the most funniest testimonies in the, in the, in the world, uh, in the church, and... and uh, I was just raised up in the house of God, but I got so far away from God, and uh, I went out to the United States Marines, and, and of course, I got a long ways away from God in, in that time, and, uh, but I never forgot my upraising. I saw so much when I was a child that I, I didn't know that I had, had lodged that in my mind, the things I had seen. One of the things I'd seen in the body of Christ is, is a peace without victory that we can sometimes settle for things that are beneath what God expects us to have rather than to fight the fight of faith and get total victory over everything that comes against your life. Can I get an amen? So I, I, I saw that, and I've pastored 32 and a half years as the lead pastor, and I've been pastoring now as the senior pastor some, some 34 years in our place and nine years in revivals, 49 revivals a year before that, traveling all across America. And I've seen so much, so much in the body of Christ that when you give an invitation, and, and as an evangelist, it's easy to have great altar services because there's more need in the body of Christ than there seems to be anywhere else. 
But there ought to be, it ought to be the opposite, would you say? It ought to be hard to have to give an invitation uh, to get help from God in our day because we have a God that's so great. What I came to do tonight is challenge you in this week. Uh, God has given me some word for this house of God. I've got a word to call, uh, about the call of God. I've got a word on Sunday morning you don't want to miss. God spoke to me about this house. For Sunday morning, you don't want to miss Sunday morning because I'm going to talk about the call, the clarion call of God. There's a call of God on this house of God. You know, I'm an evangelist, but actually I'm a revivalist. I, I evangelists win souls, and I win souls, but I'm more concerned about the body of Christ living in what they're supposed to live in and being who they listen the miracle is not in the hands of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ broke the bread and gave the miracle into the hands of the disciples and it didn't multiply until they got to the first 50 because God put the miracle in their hands what the church needs to understand is there's more power and more authority in your life than you've ever dreamed or ever imagined and God in these last days is waking up a generation come on come on now I'm telling you, there's there's babies in the in the nursery right now and in children's church on Sunday morning, and there's teenagers like this right now that's raising up with that old time faith. It seemed like it jumped a generation or two. That that kind of faith that made people stand up and say, I, I'm not putting up with this because God is God. And when they asked my little grandmother, when my grandfather left her, when my daddy was five, his brother was a baby, his other brothers were eight and ten, and she struggled most of her life and the state come to take away my daddy and those boys and they asked my little old fashioned Baptist grandmother how in the world can you support these boys she said listen I don't know exactly how it's going to happen but I know that God will make a way somehow leave my home and she raised those boys but there's something happening in the body of Christ I have seen us get comfortable there is a spark revival is starting in America uh, D and I are hardly ever doing any Sunday morning services anymore. It's usually Sunday through Wednesday or Sunday through Thursday or Sunday through Friday. Everything I've got booked now has, has been booked, uh, uh, maybe except an exception of one or two of them, that the pastor can't be there the following week, but they booked them with the week open because things begin to happen. Listen, there's a, there's a window of heaven going to open up in this revival. Come on, there's a window of glory going to open up in this revival. How many believe that here tonight? Come on, give God a shout of praise like you believe it so. I believe that somewhere in the message, even tonight, that there could be a window of God's glory open and everything that's been assailing you will leave your soul because of the preaching of the Word of God. I believe in signs and wonders. How about you? Praise the name of Jesus Christ. There's a dangerous philosophy growing in the body of Christ in this generation today. And even among the mature saints that ought to know better, that we have resolved ourselves to sign a peace treaty without complete victory, total 100% victory. Sometimes real victory requires prayer and fasting. Sometimes you've got to put aside the pleasures of the flesh that you can win some spiritual victories. Can I get an amen there? You see, I have peace with it. I've heard it so many times. I, I, have, I have peace with this. My, my father has cancer, but I've got peace with it. That's not real peace. I've got cancer. I, I, I've got leukemia. Or I, I, I've got sugar diabetes. Or I, I've got high blood. I've got this and that in my life, but I, I, I'm at peace with it. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been set together with him in heavenly places, and we've got authority to bind and to loose, and somebody needs to stand up and say, it's time that we have victory over peace. That's the title of our message. It sounds like an oxymoron. Victory over peace. Well, Pastor Lighton, that's what we, you know, I have peace with it. There's no real peace without victory, though. Well, in past times, we, the old-timers had victory or they had defeat. But they would not settle. They had wins and they had losses. You see, hell's strategy today is to hit you so hard that you lose your fight. You lose your fight in faith.
You forget God's promises and, and you forget the peace of God and negotiate f- with the enemy for any kind of peace. You get this kind of a resolve on the inside. I've seen it so many times. It's in my house of God like it is anywhere else. This is a great house of God. I, I, I help pastor a great house of God now. But in that house of God, I see people get a resolve on that. People that don't want to give a prayer request because they don't want anybody to know there could be something wrong in their body. Listen, don't be so stupid. Pardon me for just being plain. Don't, don't, don't be so proud with pride that you, listen, you can get a brother or sister in Christ that really knows how to pray on one side and on the other, and they can pray you all the way to glory and pray that thing off your life and off your body. Do you believe that tonight? Hallelujah. You see, hell's strategy is to cause you to lose that, that, that faith, that victorious faith in Jesus Christ and what he can do. Anything outside, and I mean complete victory, anything outside complete victory is to settle or to succumb, if you will, to just feel at peace. Don't bother me, Pastor. I just want to feel at peace. Don't, don't, don't mention my husband being lost. I just want to feel at peace. You, you can't be feeling at peace. He'll die and go to hell. You don't have real peace. You see, Israel had peace in Egypt. But they were slaves. They could go anywhere inside Ramey as they wanted to, but they could not go outside and go on vacation or go back home because they were slaves. They had peace. They had lentils. They had garlic. But they didn't have any victory. I'd rather have victory than have some kind of false peace, wouldn't you? I'm going to preach tonight, I can tell you that. So come to... Something just to feel good, to resolve, to be at peace with it. But that's not real peace. We're living in a church world today who have peace without victory. I remember back in, in the 80s when we, when we, as pastors, went to the top of the tower in, in Wichita, Kansas, the Holiday Inn. We spent two days in prayer and fasting to overturn the abortion because Wichita was at that time the abortion capital of our nation. And we overturned that thing. But the church went back to sleep. And now Kansas is where everybody's coming to get abortions again. But I'm going to tell you something. We want a victory in the nation. But we're going to vic- win a victory in Kansas because we are not going to sit back and say we have some kind of peace as long as babies are being destroyed. Would somebody shout amen? You see, God has had a people that bought the lie back in Jeremiah's day. They bought the lie of having peace. They had preachers like we have today online, (laughs) on TV, talking about Christ did it all at Calvary. There's no need to live right. There's no need to sacrifice. There's no, your, your pastor's lying to you. You don't need to pray and fast. Everything's already been done. Sirrah, sirrah. What will be will be. Just let everything happen. I'm going to tell you something. They are liars. Christ paid the price for your salvation. Don't misunderstand that. But see, Jeremiah, he, God raised him up. And Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 6 and 14, stands up and he begins to declare. And I like this. The old preachers of yesterday. I wrote a new song about that. Matter of fact, I got a brand new album. I'm going to be singing that this week. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the one album, the, the one song on it right now is number one in Nashville. It's number seven on Country Music Weekly. And it's called Unashamed to Say His Name. Well, bless the Lord. How can God do that? God can do that for somebody to stand up and, and, and declare who he is. Listen to what Jeremiah stood and he thundered out. I love those old saints of God, those old preachers. They would thunder out. We call it hacking, backlashing preachers. They didn't take time ha, to breathe. They just did a ha and hacked. Back. Anybody know what a hacking, backlashing preacher is? Well, you're looking at one. Amen. Here we are. Jeremiah says in verse 14, they have healed also the hurt of my daughters, of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. In other words, God was saying, 
Jeremiah, tell them they're putting a band-aid on. They're trying to cover it up. I mean, there's people coming after their wives, people coming after the old man, and they're coming at the teenagers that scattered abroad in the streets. They're coming to take them. That's what, that's what this immoral generation is coming right now. The woke generation is trying to pervert the minds of our babies in grammar school. They're coming after our kids. But the, but the prophets and the churches are standing up and saying, everything's fine, it's so good, and they fill their churches and they have their big conferences while America's going to hell in a handbasket and God says they say they have no peace. Jeremiah, you tell them it's not real peace. Real peace comes through total victory in God. Then Ezekiel stands up in Ezekiel 13 and 10. Look at it with me right there. Ezekiel says, because, even because they have seduced my people saying peace and there was no peace and one built up the wall and lo, he dabbled it with untempered mortar. Now, untempered mortar is clay with no lime in it. And so what happens is the first storm that comes along, it will crumble down. You see, you ought to be glad you're in a Bible-preaching church that preaches the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when hell comes against you and assails you, and listen, and the, and, and the old, old booger man huffs and puffs and he blows upon your little house of faith, it will not crumble because you're founded on the word of Almighty God. Come on, give God a shout of praise right now. So Jeremiah comes back. Hell had broken down and broken out in, in Israel at that time. And the prophets were just prophesying great and flowery things. If you even look today at the real prophets of God, there's a few of them. I'm friends with them. Uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick is one of them. I'll be going to his house of God here pretty soon. It's like riding a wave when you preach there because the people have a foundation under them. But I, I, I've also been with others that, that want to just say it's alright to drink. It's alright to drink wine. It's alright to be in the world like anybody else. Christ paid for it all. Everybody is saved. Don't worry about trying to get anybody's. Don't worry about missions and they have these monstrous churches and the money flows by the millions of dollars but God says there's coming a time my preachers are going to stand up like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and they're going to thunder out and my people which are called by my name hallelujah to God you see there is the church and there is the church hallelujah Jeremiah in 6 and 11, so I can give credence to what, how I'm preaching right now. Therefore, I'm full of fury of the Lord. Notice he said, I'm full of fury of the Lord. Not, this is not my fury. This is the Lord's fury, Jeremiah says. I am weary, and I can't hold it in anymore. I will pour out upon the children abroad, upon the assemblies of the young men together. For even the husband with their wives shall, shall be taken, and the aged with them in the, in the fullness of their days. He's trying to give a warning, trying to give a sound message that the church needs to wake up. We need to wake up to the fact in all of that, God is saying it's time to listen. It's time to hear what the Spirit says to the church. I don't want you to listen to me this week. Just look, listen because Mike is speaking. I want you to listen to what the Word of God, what God the Holy Spirit is saying on the inside of your heart. While I'm preaching right now, you're thinking about things you've made peace with. I want you to think about this entire message because I'm going to tell you something. When we leave here tonight, we're going to have 100% victory in this house. It's time to listen. It's time to throw aside the false peace and the false prophets. Turn off the Internet. I, there's some good stuff on there, and some of them are my friends. But listen, you thank God for the house of God you have, and don't let any voice over supersede the voice of your man of God because you found yourself a place to pre to, to learn and grow in the ways of God. Can you say amen? Now, he didn't pay me to say that, but it was good preaching anyway. Somebody said, how you hit that? Because I pastored for a long time, and I know exactly what needs to be said. Listen to this right here. Don't. It's time to throw aside the false peace and to fight for your family, to fight for your existence, to fight for the existence of this great nation, to fight for your family, fight for your marriage. Don't give in to your marriage. Fight. Listen, if you fell in love once, God can do that again. 
Fight for your marriage. Listen to me. Fight for your kids. Yes, go to the school boards and let your voice be known. Come on, somebody. Stand up for what you believe is right. You have a right. If they have a right to do what they do, we have a right to do what we believe. Amen. Two boys was fighting. Dr. Jack Hiles, I learned after him, a great Baptist soul winner. Dr. Jack Hiles, he come upon two young boys that was fighting. And I mean this one kid, he had a cauliflower ear. He'd been hit so many times in the ear, and his nose was busted, and blood was running down his chin. And, 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 and Dr. Hiles runs in and said, oh, stop it, boys. And he grabs that boy, pulls him up, looks at him, says, son, you're losing this battle. He said, sir, whatever you do, don't stop this fight. What do you mean? Don't stop this fight because I'm about to get my second win. That needs to be the church of Jesus Christ. Hey, we've taken a licking, but we're still ticking. Can you say I mean, we've been through COVID, two years of COVID. Praise God. I left this place and I was preaching. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about Delta because I know the Omega. I went home and spent six days in the hospital with COVID and the devil caused everything to go black. He tried to take my life. Before they put me on that thing, the church got on their knees and they said, God, heal Pastor Leitner. And God reached down and listen, Jesus walked into my room. I didn't see him, but the room lit up. I started shouting glory. I said, with your stripes, I am healed. I was healed and God healed me that day. Can you give God a shout of praise? It's time to get back in the fight. I'm, I'm talking about we, we, we went through some stuff. The church, I mean, so many churches right now. I'm going to a church that used to run about 3,000. Now they're down to about 500. Have a big old beautiful church there in Ardmore. And, 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 and things have, have hit so many churches. And churches have quit. Pastors have given up. But I want to tell you something. There's no place to quit. There's no place to retire. There's no place to settle. It's time to win souls for Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. You see, the fight of faith is a fight that you can win. Let me say that again. Somebody make a T-shirt. I got to be careful because they're making T-shirts all over the country and stuff I say. I, get, I have them all. The fight of faith is a fight you can win. Did you hear me? Peace must be fought for. Well, Brother Mike, I'd just like to get along. That's why, that's why our nation's in such a mess. That's why the church world's in such a mess. I just want, I just want to get along, and I, I want to bring in the comedians they like. I, I want to do the things that appease the people, and that's why, that's why we replace such things. Listen to this. Paul Harvey said concerning the Vietnam War. Paul Harvey was a great commentary in years gone past. Concerning the Vietnam War, he said, we are engaged in a war. We were engaged in a war that we're ashamed to lose and afraid to win. Just like the church with a suitcase in one hand looking for the rapture and a sword in the other. As long as there is breath in my body, I'm going to fight hell tooth and toenail. Step by step, would you shout Amen. Get your hands off my church. Get your hands off my family. Get your hands off my kids. Get your hands off my grandkids. Come on, somebody. Now, there's a story that I think will help motivate you. I use this in, on basis where I go. There was a great general that many of you know and, and by history. A five-star general, the highest-ranking general ever, was Douglas MacArthur. He led the Allied troops in World War II. He was a warrior in every sense of the word. He led the Allied troops to victory over Germany and did away with Hitler. He negotiated the unconditional surrender of Japan in which they offered him terms. In which he said, there will be no terms. We will not accept your surrender unless you completely surrender or we will fight you till you're annihilated. You understand that? They signed the peace treaty. They surrendered. Just a few years later in 1940, late 1940s and the early 1950s, Douglas found himself yet in another war, the Korean War. 
It was the North Korean War, the North Korean communist troops that invaded South Korea. The communist, communism at that time was spreading across America. And the Chinese were backing the Koreans. And America was backing the South Koreans, as we still do. Under Douglas MacArthur's command, the American troops crushed the North Koreans. Pushed back communism and had them on the run. Now listen to this. MacArthur made this statement. Would God somebody would have listened. We will not stop now. We have them on the run. We have broken the iron fist of communism and will not stop until we get to Peking, China. We will not stop until we have liberated the entire continent of Tyre. But Harry Truman, the president at the time, had a, quite a different idea. He said of the most powerful general that ever lived, the highest-ranking general, with victory in his hands, he said, you stop. Even though victory is ahead, and I quote, you stop. History agrees today that had Harry Truman allowed that general to do away with communism and China at that time, or defeat them and liberate those precious people, a lot of good people in China, from the grip of communism, there would be none today. Word came down, you don't go past the 38th parallel. You do not go one step further. We will make a peace treaty, even though we may not have complete victory. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, there are communists in our Senate and there's communists in our, in our, our house. And, and most of, a lot of America is owned by China because we didn't stop the devil when it was coming. Come on. He resigned his command. This, so, this decision so upset Douglas MacArthur, he resigned his command, resigned his commission, laid down his five stars and walked away, went home to address Congress. This is a statement you need to get a hold of. Rather than settle for anything else but complete victory, he came with this address. And it's a famous statement you need to get in your heart. Write it down. Old soldiers never die. They just fade away. After he made that speech, the press cornered him. They asked him one question, one. Why would a man in your position the most powerful man in the world. Forget presidents. He was the most powerful man in the world. Why would you resign your commission? He stepped back and gave this great statement. Gentlemen, there's no substitute for victory. Put that in your heart. Peace? What is peace compared to victory? Because complete real victory brings a peace that passeth all understanding. MacArthur said, I have a conviction on the inside of me, and it is so strong that I will not allow myself to sit down at a peace treaty table and appease my enemy when it's within my hands to completely have victory over him. I cannot, I will not, with good conscience, I will not settle I resign my position. Why, would you say? Why? Because there's no substitute for victory. Peace without victory is not victory at all. I kind of feel like Douglas MacArthur right now myself. I kind of feel like saying, I, I will not settle it. I will not make it. I'll not sit down at a peace treaty and put my faith on the table. I will not sit down and make peace treaty with my flesh that wants to rule my soul and my spirit. I will not call a truce, if you will, to, to the world system that wants to dominate me and my children and grandchildren. I will not negotiate terms with the devil. I will not succumb to the thoughts that he puts in my mind. Come on, somebody. He told me I was going to die with COVID. I had every reason to die. 35-year-old men was dying in the room 
room beside me, but I said, God, I know that with your stripes I'm the heel of God, and I got victory. Come on, I will not settle. Listen. The way I'm preaching like this, Pastor, God did something in me. He helped me to understand. Enough with the fluff preaching. Enough with the shouting preaching. Enough with all the stuff that makes people feel good. You go tell my people they need to stand up on what I give them and have victory over everything in their life. Hallelujah to God. I cannot. I will not. Because 2,000 years ago, my elder brother... Your elder, elder brother, Jesus Christ, come on, somebody, hung on a cruel cross. He took 49 lashes upon his back. He was seated, sealed in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, I said on the third day, on the third day, he arose with the keys of death, held in the grave, and said, Mike Leitner, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. God gave us a power and authority over every demon and devil of hell. My God, somebody shout like you believe it so. It's time to go home and flip on the lights and say, devil, I've had enough of your junk. I'm not going to listen anymore. You're not going to put those thoughts in my mind. You're going to die and not live. Come on, somebody. Even when God said to, to Hezekiah, you're going to die and not live, he went and turned his little face to the wall and cried out for God's mercy, and God turned that prophet around Isaiah that gave him the word right in the middle of the courtyard. He went back up and gave him 15 more years because he had the audacity to stand up in the face of God and say, God, you're a God of mercy. Mm. Boy, I feel victory in the house tonight. Mm -mm -mm. Hell don't like this. And I, I'm not going to tell you how or anything else, but hell fought us to even be in here. In every way, hell fought us. I asked my wife, I said, do you feel that warfare? And my wife said, yeah, but she'd already been <laughs> praying the Holy Ghost for about an hour when I asked her that. The devil said, I want you to know this. I'm not going to be running all over just, just doing things and golfing and things like that. When I'm here, I'm going to be on my face before God. Now, I will go and eat. <laughs> I will be eating. Where's the, what's the name of that place? Ba I will be at Babes. I, Pastor Ben Pat will be at Babes. I'll, blare, I'll be looking at the canoes and stuff like that. But I will tell you something. I'll be eating that chicken. That's the holy bird, you know. Sanctified. What are you facing today? Hmm? What is it that you're facing? What is it that holds you back? Young men, listen to me. Young ladies, never seen such perversion in the world we're in today. And it, 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 it's in the palm of your hand with your phones. All the things that there. But I'm going to tell you something. There's victory over that stuff. There's a power and anointing. God wants to raise you guys up. God wants to use you. Where is Danny? Is Danny here? I tell you what, Danny. Dan there you are. I thought you'd be in bed. <laughs> he come out. He come out. He's here today, half asleep. No, he, he come here today. He'd been come from camp. All the rest of you guys, you all awake. Hey, Amen. How many is thankful for the kids that went to camp? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Hell wants to come after you because. He wants to keep you from being the warrior that he knows that's on the inside of you because he knows if that ever wakes up on the inside of you. Who glory to God. I think it did this week. If it ever wakes up on the inside of you, he knows that the, the plan of God that God spoke over your, your young lives way when he created, listen, when God created the earth, I believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit spoke over every life, everything we would ever become. That's why abortion is so wrong. Shout amen, somebody. Because those babies, think of the babies now. I was looking at the picture of the justices that voted like, voted rightly, and I looked at them, I said, my God, I wonder in their life all all the little lives, what they're going to be, the lives that would never have been because somebody had the audacity to stand up and say, right is right. Come on, somebody, and do it by the law. <laughs> Praise God. By the law. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. For whatsoever is born of God, 1 John 5 and 4. Boy, this is good. You ought to mark this down. This backs up everything I just said tonight. Whatsoever is born of God is victorious over the world. 
Let me say that again. Victorious over the world. That means the entire thing. And this is the victory that conquers the world. Even our faith. Oh, preacher, I thought it was going to be something real prophetic. No, faith. Do you believe or do you not believe? Do you believe enough to put your life on the line and stand on what you believe? Who is it that is victorious over? And the Amplified Classic says that conquers the world. But he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, listen to this, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on that fact. I will not back up. I will not quit. I will not shut up. I will not throw in the towel. I will not quit. I will not settle. I will not stand down, but I will have victory because my elder brother, Jesus Christ, whipped the devil 2,000 years ago and tied his horns together and kicked his little uh, blessed assurance back to where he belongs and gave you and I authority over him that if you can believe, if you adhere to, if you believe uh, even your faith in Jesus Christ, it's not what I won. It's, what I, I, it's not what I can fight and win. It's what he has already won. I'm just standing behind my elder brother, Jesus Christ. Come on, my Lord and Savior, and going by what he has won for you and he has won for me. Listen, listen to this right here, King David, that, that I love so much. And I, I want you just to listen and, and be blessed by this Psalms chapter 18. I've got it typed out right here. Psalms chapter 18, verse 37. I chased my enemies and I caught them. How many has ever wanted to be, if we could go back and be in the Old Testament just a little while so we could just kick some blessed assurance? How, how, how many of you like being Nehemiah's day? Just pull her hair out. Glory to God. Now, if you don't understand that, you hadn't ever pastored. Okay. We're human too. You didn't shout too big about that. I said, we're human too. You know, I preach like a lion in pulpit and love and compassion, weep all over myself and have a group of people go down to the pizza up right down the road and have me for dinner. I chased my enemies and I caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. That's a knockout blow otherwise. They fell beneath my feet. Talking to God now. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot under their ne- uh, uh, under, uh, on their necks. I have destroyed all who hate me. They call for help. No one came to the rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. Say, the Lord's on my side. I ground them as fine dust in the wind, and I swept them into the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed me ruler over nations and people that I don't even know. Now serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they, they, they submit Foreigners and nations cringe before me. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. Won't you give him a praise right now? Come on, that's what praise. Praise his holy name. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues the nations under me. He rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. And you save me from the violent opponents. This is, O Lord, for this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give victories to your king. And you show unfailing love to your anointed to David and to all his descendants forever. How many is the descendant of David through Jesus? Come on. How many is the descendant? It comes down to you. That kind of fear. That kind, Listen, we don't have to have the greatest army in the world. We have to have a church in the nation right now that is so powerful that the world will be afraid to come against us. Can you say amen? What is it that you have made peace with? Can I get the pianist up here or something? 
What is it that you have made peace with? What is it that that disease or that circumstance or that bondage? My God, I felt that. Somebody's got a bondage on them tonight. That bondage that's, that has you bound. You love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but there's a bondage on you. God told me to come tell somebody tonight, and I wrote this down before I came to the house of God, that somebody's about to get a second wind. Just like that little boy. Somebody's about to get a second wind. Somebody here been walking out of the ring, defeated, taking your gloves off before you ever get out of the ring. You're walking off of the field, taking your helmet off and your armor of God, laying it aside before you ever, ever really into the fight. You're so discouraged. Someone said, well, my childhood, you don't know how bad my childhood, that's the way that I am, that's the way that I was raised, and, and I, can't, I can't seem to rise above that. that, that, that and you, 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 you resolved yourself to that, but, but that has nothing to do with you here today. Jesus Christ paid the price that you could be free. Whatsoever is born of God, the Bible says, overcomes the world. What is the victory? The one who adheres to the one who trusts and the one that relies on the fact and believes that Jesus is the Son of God and He is your Savior. If you believe that Jesus is your God and He is your Savior, I want you to stand to your feet right now and lift your hands up over your head. Come on, lift your hands to holy God and like David, begin to give Him a praise right now. Let the bondage right now, nobody needs to lay hands on you. Let the bondage right now drop off of you. Those circumstances, you give them to God because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The devil is a lie. Don't let him steal what God has bought and paid for you. Come on somebody lift your hands and say I've got authority over this cancer I've got authority over this disease that's in my body I've got authority over the circumstances even on my job and my boss and my career at stake I'm a child of almighty God and I thank you Lord that you're going to deliver me from everything that has me bound and those things that I've surrendered to God right now in Jesus name reveal to every heart and every mind that voice that's been speaking those negative things that comes from hell those things that they have listened to God right now let them drop those things like scales in the I commanded in the name of Jesus Christ to come off of my brother and come off of my sister right now in the name of Jesus Christ I speak divine authority of Jesus Christ we adhere to it we believe and we thank you Lord the God that saved our soul can heal my body and take care of my circumstances give God a shout of praise right now in the house come on church give him a shout of praise right now in the house glory to God glory to God glory to God normally I'd be done but there's one thing I, I, a story that I tell only when I feel it's necessary but I want you to get this there was a young lady that married a man. She fell head over heels in love with him. Matter of fact, she so claimed him. While they were in the nightclub, she claimed him and said, he's going to be my husband. She proposed to that man, and he said yes. Her daddy was an alcoholic all of her life. She had to go sometime when mom didn't know where he was. He'd be out in the nightclubs and She'd have to go and find his car in the ditch somewhere. He's drunk. Drag him out of the ditch and drive him home when she was just a teenager. That same little girl would, when she turned 16, he took her to the bars and, and let, him let her dance with all of his buddies that would buy him drinks so his, his buddies could dance with his little daughter. She married this man. and He began to drink and party like his daddy did. Well, she came, came home to Wichita, Kansas after spending time in the Marine Corps with her husband. She came home. She found Jesus. Jesus became so real to her. 
that her husband was lost and would come in at night in the, from the nightclubs at 2 and 3 in the morning and fall out on the floor, fall out drunk in the bed. And she'd be praying, God, please save my husband. There'd be times when he was away that in the night, not coming home to the wee hours of the morning, the devil would come to her and said, he's going to be just like your daddy, you know. He's going to be like, he's not going to be saved. He's going to be like your daddy. That's, that's how he's going to be. One time he come over and hovered over her, peace treaty in his hand to make a peace treaty with the, with the fact that he would always be lost. That's when it happened. She arose up. It was that little girl who was standing up here before you a moment ago. She stuck her fist up in the face of the devil and said, listen, you didn't give him to me in the, and you ain't going to take him away. He's going to be saved. He's going to love God. And I'm going to fight you every, that little girl went to prayer and you know what happened? That old boy got saved and God called him to preach. Ha, come on, somebody. Don't you tell me. No, don't settle. Wife, wife, you're here. I know you are. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't say that so he'll die lost. Don't settle. You're going to heaven. The, the, the love God gave you for him and him for you, it's coming back and he's going to be saved. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm thankful. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful right now for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aren't you? I'm thankful today. How many saved today? I said, how many saved today? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, all eyes closed. If you don't know that you're saved today, just raise your hand right now. If you don't know that you're right with God, just slip up your hand as people bow their heads for you. Are you here right now? If you don't know you're saved, it's a simple thing. With your heart you believe, with your mouth you confess. God will save you right where you are. He'll change your life forever. Are you here and you need Jesus? Is there one hand? Hallelujah. I love it when I'm in a place and no hands go up. <laughs> Would you shout Amen. People have been saved. Now, I'm thankful. Look, you can look at me now. Praise God. <laughs> All of me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for these kids I see on the front, front row. <laughs> Hallelujah. On the front row. And, and they're so full of fire and faith. Listen, we're going to have a time this week. How many believe that? If you gave your life to Christ or rededicated your life, you need to confess that to somebody. I'll be here. Pastor will be here to do that for you right now. It's important you do that. But how many have your miracle tonight? Come on, how many have your miracle tonight? How many's free of all the stuff that had you bound? Come on, you're free because Jesus paid the price. Tomorrow is going to be a very special service tomorrow night. Uh, I will have everything set up and ready to sing tomorrow. I'll sing that, that brand new number one. And uh, not just across the ground. As a matter of fact, the song that you, you guys liked last time we were here uh, won Video of the Year 2022. Praise God, and we're thankful for that. We'll do that. We'll have a great time. Praise God. This new album is kind of rowdy, so I think you're going to like it. Amen. But, but tomorrow night, Sister D, I've asked her to, to give her testimony we gave on TBN. To start, she's going to give our testimony for about 10 minutes. And that I'm going to preach most holy faith. There's one thing the church body needs to get back into and understand. It's okay to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to show you the need and why we do it. I'm going to give you an illustration that will blow your mind of what God has done in our life as Baptist evangelists that God baptized us in the Holy Ghost and ruined our Baptist ministry. But we're going to give that testimony She's going to give that testimony tomorrow night, and then I'm going to preach this word and praise the name of the Lord. It's, it's a word that comes out of our book. Matter of fact, there's a book come out of it. But listen, if you know anybody that needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, make sure they're here tomorrow night. Amen. How, how many could just use a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost? We need it all the time. I believe tomorrow God's going to shake the house. Hallelujah. So make sure, make your plans. That's what revival is. It's going to build. And by Sunday, bless the name of the Lord. We're going, to have, we're going to have a great time as we preach the holy calling. Praise God. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. 
And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.